Hello everyone. Welcome to another Spin Street Chat. I am your host, Kevin Lee, and we're definitely doing something different today. Uh, so folks have been asking a little bit about what I mean by my uh, uh, low intensity Zwift writing for the everyday writing daily training plan I'm on right now. And I'm going to take this opportunity to kind of outline the way that basically works while uh, doing one of those rides. A lot of people this isn't going to mean a whole lot to, so if you're not interested in low intensity training or Zwifting or indoor training or looking at my ugly mug this whole time, definitely feel free to check out. But I'm just going to kind of walk through my process for a 45 to 60 minute ride. I'm not sure how long I'm going today. At least the 45 minutes, but I'll try to hit all the high points early in the ride, early in the conversation. And, uh, you know, what helps me utilize Zwift in this way and Zwift isn't the only platform that would work for that so I'm not I'm not coming on board specifically to tout Zwift and uh, tell everyone that's what they should be using it's just the tool I'm using presently so essentially the way I do it and I'll go into some definitions of what what I mean by low intensity and and the basic structure of my training week and what that looks like. Uh, but generally speaking, the first 10 to 15 minutes, it's usually around 12 minutes, so 11 to 12 minutes, uh, is my warm-up period. I'm not trying to get up to my target heart rate or anything. I'm just turning my legs, starting to get in the rhythm, starting to get in the mode, and purposefully not jumping headlong into things headlong I bet that starts to touch on the elephant in the room here we'll get there in a second patience patience um, so and this is just the way I do it so building around a 60 minute ride typically that's what I shoot for is 60 minutes when I'm Zwifting um, I'm trying to, I break it down into chunks to make it tolerable is not the right word, but help keep me engaged. So usually other time chunks, my warm-up period is the uh, one spot that differs from that a little bit. It's just a personal thing. Basically, I warm up when I'm on a, a relatively flat course for three miles. It's really the only thing I, I utilize distance for. Almost everything else is time and heart rate. But uh, just the thing I've gotten into is three miles. But if, I, if I'm on a new route or I choose the wrong one and maybe it's got a lot of climbing on the front end, you know, I usually don't let it go. You know, I'll consider myself warmed up usually after 12 minutes. And uh, after the warm-up period, that's when I make a point to get into the groove of my target heart rate for the rest of the ride, get into the gearing I want to be in, and uh, basically that's when the ride really starts. Prior to that, I... I'm just warming up and getting in the mode and it's a good occasion to go ahead and good opportunity to go ahead and talk about why I'm wearing a helmet while I lift. And yeah, I've heard of people falling off trainers and having accidents while they're doing their indoor riding, but that's not the purpose of it. Uh, for me, the main reason that I'm riding with a helmet is because 
these muscles back here that hold up your head when you're riding for real, particularly ultra endurance and multi-day stuff, you need to get those muscles in shape as well. And uh, if you're just if you do a lot of your training indoors and not wearing a helmet, if you go on an all-day ride with a helmet for the first time in a while, uh, if that neck gets so tired that you can't hold your head up, that is one of the worst things in the world. It's hard to overcome. Uh, so it, this is just, it's just training my neck muscles, working out my neck muscles for for riding a bike. Not every indoor ride. I don't wear a helmet every indoor ride. Typically, if it's a higher intensity ride or something like that, I'll go ahead and not do the helmet. But usually, if I'm doing a low intensity ride or at least at least a couple three rides each week, I'll put the helmet on and hopefully help. Uh, work out those neck and back muscles for the real rides I get into down the road because that's what this whole program is about is to to get back in shape to do just about anything at any time and I think I've made a lot of progress in that direction but I mean we're not to the we're not to the goal line yet by any stretch of the imagination so right now we're uh, six minutes and 45 seconds into the ride. Uh, 1.8 miles. So not quite to our three mile uh, warm up threshold yet. So, uh, you know, probably around the 11, 11 and a half minute mark will probably be there. Uh, I'm not recording the Zwift. For this one, maybe something we do in the future. But I'm doing the, uh, I think they call it the Greater London Flat Route. It's like seven and a half miles, maybe 150 feet of, of climbing throughout it. And we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into it later in the, in the recording here. At the moment, I'm doing mostly flat routes on Zwift, but since since everything's heart rate targeted, it doesn't really matter. You can do flat or you can do climbs. Uh, as long as you're able to maintain your target heart rate, you just gotta keep in mind that if you're going for low intensity stuff and you're on a route with some steeper climbs, uh, with a smart trainer, it may be a little more difficult to manage the heart rate, particularly for a low uh, a low intensity concept. So that's kind of where, kind of why I lean towards right now the flat routes. It's not to to avoid the hills per se. It's just to make it easier to stay in the intended heart rate zone. And what I'm going to be targeting on this ride. Um, we're on 109, 110, 108 right now. I'm going to be shooting for, trying to stay as close to 120 beats per minute as I can for the duration of the ride. And that's what that's what I mean by a low intensity, uh, the low intensity ride. 120 beats per minute, it's exercise. But I should be able to carry on a fairly normal conversation with y'all. Building up a little bit of a sweat. I'm actually kind of warmed up. This is a new shirt, so maybe it doesn't breathe as much. Sorry, getting messages left and right. But uh, I'm just getting notifications on the watch. I'm not seeing the detail. But that will be one of the prompts we get into later in the ride. So when I do check my messages, um, so we're two and a half miles, we're about a half mile from warm-up officially ending in them. To be honest with you, I'm kind of looking forward to it at the moment. Man, bye. 
my messages are going bonkers here. We'll see what's up in about 20 minutes or so. But um, another thing in the mix, I talked about the helmet. Uh, but when I'm doing these hour-ish rides and shorter, and even on Zwift, even a few rides I've done, I get up towards 90 minutes. Uh, another thing I don't do, uh, I don't wear a chamois or use chamois butter or anything like that. Uh, with the whole idea being just riding regular shorts to help build up that bum for the longer duration rides as well. Uh, that's so like for long for long rides, multi-day rides, rat type stuff. One of the the two biggest things that get people are the tired shoulders and neck that gets to people and people wearing out their butts after three or four days of very long days in the saddle. Um, so when people ask what's the biggest thing you got to do to train up for something like the rat, you got to get your butt in shape. It, it, that, that's, that's super critical. Alright, so we just crossed the three mile threshold and what I do at this point, my little engagement reward this is when I turn on the fan and man I'm looking forward to it this time with this new shirt I'm a little warmer than usual that's part of what I'm doing here is I'm trying out this shirt to see what it might be like for uh, for other rides so hopefully with the fan on it's not too noisy for y'all and I also now it's time to get the heart rate up to where we want to be. So we're at 108, 110. And basically I'm in small cog, small front ring. We're going to stay small cog. I'm going to the big chain ring. I'm going to bring up the resistance some. And then just take my cadence to where I'm up around that 120 beats from 116, 117, 18, 19, 20. Then I'll back off a little bit because the whole point of this exercise for me, and this is this is a this is a Kevin thing. This may work for others. It may not. But the whole point of the endurance training is to get to know your body, to get to know your capabilities, to get to know when you're over them, or beyond them, I should say. But allowing yourself to rein it in so you don't get too far over the edge if you're pushing your limits. And part of that is, you know, to know what does 120 beats per minute feel like. What's going to take me take that from 120 to 130 as opposed to a little bit more effort to take it to 122. And right now for me this target 120 heart rate it's kind of sort of arbitrary but kind of sort of not. That specific number of 120 and it could probably be 123 or 117 as well, but somewhere in that range. And based off my max heart rate, this is what should be in the realm of an all-day pace for me from a heart rate perspective. I am not paying as any bit of attention to what my speed is right now. I'm not paying any attention to what other riders around me are doing right now. All I'm trying to do is build up my body's efficiency at 120 beats per minute. With the idea being that 120 is something I can maintain all day long. 
So if I condition my body at that 120 an hour a day, most days of the week, that efficiency goes up. So if, let's say the same route that three weeks ago at 120 beats per minute, I did 14 miles in an hour. Maybe after some more conditioning, I'm able to do 16 miles an hour, and I'm not working any harder. My body's getting more efficient. That's kind of the concept. Now, along the way, things will continue to ratchet. At some point, you're as efficient as you're going to be at 120 beats per minute, or you're in the realm of incremental gains from additional training, where you're, you know, maybe I got from 14 to 16 miles in an hour, but then it becomes 16.1, 16, there's no big jumps after that over the same time period. So that's when you ratchet up the heart rate and you start doing the same process at 130 beats per minute. But you're not, you know, that's the whole part of the training process. It's, it's incremental gains, it's building slowly. You don't, you don't try to go from, you know, being a, a small ring, 15 mile an hour rider to a big ring, 20 mile an hour rider in four weeks. You just don't do that. That's when you're going to hurt yourself and you force yourself off the bike for an extended period. So the whole point of training, it doesn't get easier. Again, 120 beats per minute feels like 120 beats per minute. But the training allows you to accomplish more per hour at that 120 beats per minute over time. And that additional training over time builds up your overall fitness where you can go up to that 130 beats a minute and start that process over. And that's where you start seeing gains in magnitude at that point. And that's kind of the general concept behind it. It doesn't get easier. Damn it's going nuts. The riding doesn't get easier. You just accomplish more with the same effort. What does get easier with the ongoing training is, well, maintaining this pace for an hour Maybe that's doable, but at an hour and 10 minutes when you first start out, it's like, whew, I'm done now. And then over time, it's like, oh, okay. 90 minutes into that, no big deal. Two hours into that, no big deal. Three hours, hey, okay, I'm starting to feel that. And then it becomes four hours, five hours, six hours. Um, that part of the training, that's like the big picture part of this program. That's, your, that's why you ride a little bit every day. It's the repetitiveness of it. It's your body doing it one day and again the next day. Rebuilding, recharging, overcoming tiredness here and there sort of thing, but in a manageable environment. Not to where you're just wrecking yourself where you can't come back from it. So I'm talking a lot this time, so that does make it a bit tougher to keep the, uh, the heart rate pace. My heart rate's a little bit higher than usual, and it's fluctuating a little bit more. Realistically, we're coming up on 20 minutes in, and it's usually between 20 and 25 minutes, that's how long it takes for me anyway, for everything to equalize. About that point, I kind of get to 
instead of going up and down like this across that 120 threshold it kind of evens out a lot more it's easier to maintain so 20 minutes which is where we're at where I do another one of my engagement rewards before I get my first drink So I do, I do that at 20 minutes and 40 minutes. So I will have another engagement reward at 40 minutes to get my next drink. And then my engagement reward at 30 minutes, again, breaking it up into chunks. My engagement reward at 30 minutes is all these messages that have been coming across notifications on my watch have my phone with Zwift Companion right here. That's when I can see what in the world's going on and why my messages are blowing up. The phone's not ringing, so it can't be anything too critical. It might just be a coincidence of timing as much as anything. Now, by this point, I'm sure some of y'all have noticed that I haven't shifted gears at all. This is a Kevin thing. I'm a single speeder at heart, hoping to get in back, hoping to be able to get back to being primarily a single speeder. There's other factors involved. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. I'm a masher at heart. That's something I have to fight against. I'm never going to be 112 RPM cadence guy by any stretch. That's just not going to happen. I'm probably most comfortable in that 65 to 70 RPM range. Uh, but that is something I've been working on. I'm going to work on it some more. Or maybe I'm more comfortable in the 70 to 75 range. I don't think I'll ever be comfortable on a duration basis over 80 miles or 80 RPMs. Alright, so and another reason I kind of stick to the flat route. So since I'm in big ring, small fog, I'm at a four percent grade on Swift, which isn't huge, but without shifting gears, it gets a little bogged down. So a lot of times what I'll do then is I'll just switch down to the front ring for a little bit. And usually at 4% or higher. Definitely if I'm up in 5, 6, 7%, I'll gear down. But the main point is, again, to keep the heart rate down. I don't want it spiking up to 130. If it gets up there, I just soft pedal and bring it back down to 120. Now that said, still going off. And I'm still over six minutes away from checking messages. And we're at a slight decline, so we'll go back up into big green. I'm demoing this low intensity workout at 120 beats per minute at the moment. And that was my target for the first 12 weeks training block that we just finished. So I'm actually starting to transition to 130 at this point, but not every day just yet. I started out last week, I think it was last week, it's all over, trying to do the 130 every day, which I was able to do without problem, where the problem arose my primary focus is losing a lot of weight, a lot of weight. And doing that 130 every day definitely took my appetite higher than I wanted it to be. Uh, still lost weight. 
I really thought I was going to gain weight. I was eating noticeably more. So I'm going to try to, instead of just jumping in every ride at 1.30, I'm going to try to transition over the next few weeks where I do a couple rides a week at the 1.30, everything else 1.20, add another day that's 1.30. And again, for those that have missed the basic training format, I've got about four and a half minutes until the next engagement break, engagement reward. So the basic concept is really, really straightforward. You ride every day, or you try to ride every day. Never plan days off. Because life's going to happen regardless and force you to take days off. The idea is to get at least six hours of riding every week. Riding most days and every day if possible. And most of your rides are going to be very low intensity like this. Now, if you're already riding a couple times a week, say you're doing a really spunky group ride each Saturday for a few hours, and you have a Tuesday night or Wednesday evening ride that's fairly spunky, don't change that. Keep doing those. But I can assure you that the rest of the days of the week, if you're, those are the only two days a week you're riding right now, if the other five days you throw in the 60 minutes a day workout at a low intensity. In 12 weeks, you're going to see significant improvements of where you are based on just where you're you're at with your two days a week riding. And you're not having to go out and slaughter your body, kill yourself. Usually, I get it if you don't have a smart trainer, if you're not a fan of indoor trainers or whatever. I get it that finding 60 minutes every day to go ride your bike outdoors on the way home from work or whatever else, dealing with dropping kids off at school or soccer practice, I, I get all that. I think that's a lot harder to pull off because there's a lot more moving pieces with real world riding as opposed to if you have a smart trainer set up indoors that you can just hop on any time of the day when, hey, I've got an hour now, let's knock it out. That makes a huge difference. Now, if you're one of those fortunate people that you can safely roll out of your garage and be on the Trinity Trails or something like that in less than a half a mile, fantastic, go for it. Um, for me, I am highly dependent on Zwift and indoor riding to be able to meet my training objectives. Uh, like I said, got through my first three months, probably 85% of my rides were indoors. Uh, to see, you know, as a benchmark test, I tried a long outdoors day at the end of that 12 weeks. And I felt really good and enjoyed the heck out of it. So, there's no doubt that indoor training will get you there. But ultimately, you do still need to ride in the real world. To do what we're talking about, to enjoy these adventures and things like that. You have to deal with the weather. You have to remember how to handle your bike on a trail and things like that. And that's a that's a primary focus of my weight loss is to get back where I can do that comfortably and safely again. And we're getting there. We're getting pretty close where I'm gonna I'm gonna be I think comfortable on the bike again in the real world, riding trails, doing long gravel days some bike packing, multi-day stuff. I'm really looking forward to doing that stuff again. And this is getting us there. Alright, so we're at 29.45. I touched on it earlier. My next engagement reward at 30 minutes. 
do is I check my messages. So let's see what that was going off about. Well, that's good news from Foster. Uh, our uh, January 29th mountain bike race venue is reserved and confirmed. We'll share that soon enough. That's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. I don't know what this is. I'm kind of worried now. I think that's wrong. Some more stuff from Foster on that. Notification for people signing up for Knob Hills Beaver Fever. Thank you. I'm not going to look at those individually at the moment. That, that's, a, that's a bunch of Wow, something, somebody must have said something on the interwebs. That was a nice little, uh, nice little flurry of signups for Beaver Fever. Thank you all for that. Okay. Nothing that's the end of the world. So we can keep training now. We're perfectly fine. Actually, let me, just for giggles, go to the Book of Faces and see if there's something that's jumping out at me. Nope. Might have just been a weird timing thing. A bunch of people signed up for a beaver fever at the same time. Get back to my Swift companion app. There we go. And there's no doubt that the fan helps tremendously. What do you think of my new shirt? I kind of like it. I like the snap down collar look. This is one of my weight loss rewards. I ordered it a size too small at the time. I was confident I would get there. Um, still a tad snug across the back and shoulders. Everything else feels pretty good. I have to take it out tomorrow for a real world ride. And please, any of you that have made it this deeply into this, for lack of a better term, conversation, I know people have thoughts or questions, comments. Please do post them. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I just had some people ask me what I meant when I was talking about 60 minutes a day, low intensity. And hopefully this is demonstrating that this is definitely low intensity. But this is what I'm doing right now because I have been off the bike literally for years. I'm coming back from injury. I had, you know, I'm at the point of, uh, I've lost well over 40 pounds now. Started at 275. I'm probably around 230-ish at the moment. And we've still got a long way to go. So my focus at the moment isn't to be the strongest rider I can be right now, it's to get in a position to be the strongest rider I can be down the road. And I've been through this before at certain levels, not to the not to the extreme this one is. Not even close to what this one is. But I've been through this before and I know some of the hurdles I've created for myself previously that I'm going to avoid this time. Uh, and pushing too hard too soon, for me, that's the biggest thing. Because 
I've got I've got strong lungs. I've got strong legs. When I start writing, I don't have to get too far into writing again before I feel pretty darn spunky. And I can keep up with people I shouldn't really be trying to keep up with sort of thing. Or pushing myself to do things I really shouldn't be doing yet. So I'm, I'm doing this on a very structured basis to force myself into some self-discipline so that I don't injure myself, so I don't hurt myself like I've done in the past. The whole point is to be able to ride my bike all the time and enjoy the heck out of that. And if you tweak the muscle that makes you stay off the bike for an extended period of time or create a bursitis or a tendonitis or whatever else, so many other things that can come into the mix, gradually building up your body and gradually isn't that terribly gradually it's not like it takes years and years it just takes steady application steady progression it's all about the progression a little bit here a little bit there for me I have to do it on a managed basis because I want to get out there and camera I want to get out there and big ring it and stand up and mash. I like to be the guy at the front of the line that's pulling in everybody. And there's a lot of masters, so people like me to pull them. But those aren't really the good things that are best for my body, at least not yet. All right, 37 minutes in. We're doing a pretty good job of staying around that 120. A little bit wavier than usual, but again, the talking contributes to that. The not focusing specifically on that heart rate. I mean, even when I'm focusing, it'll edge up to 122 or one down to, or you know, edge down to 117, 118, but kind of hovers right around there. If I'm not focused on it, it might pick up to 125 to 127. And if I'm not focusing, it never goes down below the 120. <laughs> That's the main thing. I have to focus on holding back more than anything. That's, that's what takes the focus. It's real easy to just push it and go hard to hold back. Thirty-eight minutes in. Next uh, engagement reward will be a sip of water at forty minutes. The I was about to say something and I I lost complete track of where I was going. Yeah, something will come to it here. And, and I don't think I've touched on it in this conversation. I know I have in some of the previous videos and talking about how the, the program's supposed to work. So the basic tenet is this. Whatever your heart rate, again, I'm targeting 120 for the first 12-week block. Whatever your established comfortable heart rate for an ongoing endurance pace is after 12 weeks, even if you're only riding an hour a day, even if you're only riding an hour a day, uh, after that 12 weeks, if you've got your six to seven hours a week average at one hour a day in there, that means you should be able to do that same heart rate 120 beats per minute for a six-hour bike ride day after 12 weeks, even if you're completely out of shape from the get-go like I was, or close to that. So, uh, you know, at my 12-week mark, I, I had every intention of doing that. It turned into a four-hour ride day, but 
you know, again, life happens, stuff happens. Uh, definitely felt like I could have easily gone another two hours, no problem. And prior to that, I'd had one ride that was 90 minutes in the real world and one Zwift ride that was like an hour and 20 minutes. Everything else was an hour or less. And that was starting from zero. So the next phase, my next 12-week block, like I said, the focus is to get shipped up from 120 to 130. And I'm kind of looking at doing that for the first three weeks of the 12 weeks. And then what I would like to do with that last nine weeks of the 12 weeks is um, adjust my durations a little bit. And I'm actually at past my 40-minute mark. So let me get my sip of water and I'll explain what I mean by that. So the idea is for that second nine, that second part of the 12-week module that takes nine weeks, after I get my heart rate going to the 130 on a regular basis, I'm going to mix in a couple of longer rides each week, maybe two hours and 90, and two hours one day, 90 minutes another day, and the rest of my 60-minute days something like that and over the course of the nine weeks evolve that to uh, like a three-hour day and a two-hour day which gives which gives me five hours a week right there and then have a 60-minute day in there so I'm, I'm still maintaining the total six hours a week for the for that second 12-week block. But then I should be more in a, for lack of a better term, a normal mode for a lot of cyclists are in, where you're, like, like I was talking about earlier, where people maybe ride a couple days a week and maybe one other day, you know, a short ride or an indoor ride or spin bike at the gym or whatever. So, you know, two real days of riding and one workout day or light workout day of some sort. I think that's kind of, for a lot of people, that's kind of close to the norm. So I, I kind of want to be in that mode. And then what I will do for the third 12 weeks is maintain the long day, the medium day, and then do the 60 minutes per day every day of the week that I can and turn it from a six hours a week to a 10 hours per week sort of thing. It's kind of a loose idea. And then 12 weeks of that, knock on wood, assuming everything goes smoothly, I don't hurt myself after that third 12-week period, so basically three-quarters of a year total, the idea is I should be at the conditioning level I want to be at for an ongoing basis. To essentially go out and do anything I want to from a ride or adventure standpoint. Now, that's not race training. I'm not training to be a racer. If your goal is to be a racer that you know, finishes on the podium, nothing wrong with that, but that's not the focus of this type of training. Now, can you start with this sort of training and get your body to a really good fitness level and you see that you're maybe, maybe you're not at the top of the field in some longer races, but you're uh, in front of mid-pack glory by a little bit, you know that can that can position you to to really take it up a notch on the race training side if that's a direction you you think you might want to go. But if your focus from the get-go 
is racing to be the fastest racer you can be right now, you definitely need to uh, find some race-specific coaching and training because there's lots of good folks that do that. But I'm not the, I am definitely not the one to tell anyone how to, how to race a bicycle. I can tell you how not to race a bicycle. I'm really good at not racing a bicycle. 45 minutes in, 11.6 miles. Supposedly three more miles on this loop. That's about right. That's probably what I'll do. I'll finish this loop in three miles. That will take me to 14.7. Hell, for another quarter mile or so, get a round number of 15 miles and should put us pretty close to an hour of pedaling time. That will make for a good day on the bike. So I said my uh, my engagement rewards, three miles, 12-ish minutes, turn on the fans, and pursue target heart rate from that point. 20 minutes, I take my first sip of water. 30 minutes, I check messages. 40 minutes, my second sip of water. And 50 minutes, if I'm a little a little bored, if you're trying to finish the ride, I might check my messages again in 50 minutes. Uh, sometimes I'm feeling kind of spunky around that 50-minute mark. So not often. Every once in a while. I may take that 45-minute to 55-minute zone, and if, if a group comes along at maybe a little bit higher pace than what I'm doing, maybe I'll jump in with them for five or ten minutes just to spice it up a little bit. I only do that maybe once a week right now. But if you've never done Zwift, I can't, and you're in okay shape right now, I can assure you that hopping in on those uh, formatted group rides and group races on Zwift, they will give you a workout. There is no doubt about it. And it, I mean, it'll. It is not boring. It may be frustrating. It can be frustrating. Make no mistake, but that's just the competitive nature of most stuff out there. Now, what I'm hoping to do, I'm starting to put together some pieces for this. What we might do is uh, some clubs ministry private group workouts. Uh, not aimed at racing, more along the lines of what I'm doing here on this ride. We may set it up so that if other people want to tag along for one of these 60-minute low-intensity rides, uh, I'm thinking we might schedule some some clubs ministry stuff to do that. And let me know if that's something that might interest you. I've got a couple ideas how to make it work. I mean, I know how to make private group rides with specific workouts work. Uh, but it's a matter of, you know, how do you schedule them and make things work, and particularly if we include a workout, a specific workout in it, which I think is kind of key for a lot of people. I understand some people just want to be there at the same time and do their own thing, kind of, and we can set it up to allow for that. But what I'd like to do is format 
three or four specific spinistry group workouts and the people that show up for these have those in their toolbox so that when they join the group ride they can say we're doing spinistry number three today and we can all tag along together and do that sort of thing. So if something along those lines might interest you let me know. Uh, we'll, we would probably set it up on Discord so everybody could talk to each other during it as well because it's low intensity. So now the, the that is the one issue that I need to kind of work through on the Zwift pre-formatted workouts. To the best of my knowledge, I haven't found where you can do it yet anyway if you can. Uh, you can't do targeted heart rate workouts. You have to do power-based workouts, which you can kind of approximate. Like I know if I set my wattage at, let's say 130 watts, that's probably going to be close to my 120 to 125 beats per minute, probably. But it's not going to be exact. And that, and that's, yeah, that brings up something that we haven't touched on. Now, I'm sure there's people that are going to, Kevin, why are you talking about training the heart rate? It's all about power these days. Yes and no. Um, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. It's kind of a cart before the horse thing, at least from my perspective. I agree uh, with training with power. I don't believe you start out there, though. You have to have a, a core heart rate fitness level that allows you to then. Here we go. Oh, no, we went back down to two percent. That allows you to then fine tune that by training with power. So once you get that core fitness level of 130 beats per minute, let's say, where you're dialed in and you can ride 130 beats per minute all day, every day. Well, that's when you start adjusting it to power and you maximize your efficiency at the 100 beats per, 130 beats per minute. Let's say, just making round numbers, let's say 130 beats per minute is 200 watts of power on average. Because there's going to be variation there. They don't go exactly parallel, but there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of similarity there. Well, that's when you work on maintaining 200 watts and your it's going to evolve to where it's always at your 130 and then you can take that up to 210, 220 and again back to it never gets easier, you just accomplish more with the same workload. Over time your 130 beats per minute turns into 250 watts instead of 200 watts. And you're a much stronger rider at the same effort. So the training to power and training with power, that's part of the long-term plan. There's no doubt about that. But right now, it's getting my body dialed in for the 130 beats per minute. And we never really talked about that, how I derived the 120 and the 130 and so forth. Everyone's numbers along those lines are going to be a little bit different. Essentially, it's based off max heart rate and a percentage thereof. Uh, and we'll save that one. We'll save that topic for a video of its own, a podcast of its own somewhere along the way. How to properly determine max heart rate. And there's more than one way to skin a cat. And the next step beyond that, and it's probably what I need to do fairly soon. I hate, I hate them though. 
I'm overdue for an FTP test. Now, doing an FTP test, you will find your max heart rate. There's no doubt about that. But it'll also, establishing your FTP benchmark is pretty important. Again, with the training to power stuff down the road. But even now, it's helpful for me to know my current FTP. And that's another part of WIP that's actually kind of handy. If you hop in on those group rides, group races, it's not 100% accurate, but for most people, it's close enough. Zwift will, without having to do a, a fully structured and rigid FTP test, Zwift will calculate your FTP based on your in-ride performance. And at least for me, just going out and pedaling by myself won't accomplish that, but if I hop in on one of those big group rides or group races, I'll spend enough time at threshold to find out what my approximate current FTP is. So that's probably what I'll do first. I'll probably do that next week. Throw in a 60-minute group ride at my last known FTP and see where I'm at then. And then maybe a week or two after that, do a formal FTP test and compare the two and see how close they are. That actually may, might make for a... Uh, that could be interesting. I'd like to see that now that I think about that. So we're going to put that on the books. Next week we'll let Zwift calculate my current FTP based on a group ride. I think my last calculated FTP was 175. That's what Zwift determined from my last group ride of any duration. I'm assuming I'm higher now, but who knows? Maybe that one was an anomaly. So we'll do that next week, find out what Zwift calculates as the current FTP based on a group ride. And then the week after that, we'll do a formal ramp test or something like that. I don't think I can do a full 60-minute formal FTP. I, I don't have the patience for that. Uh, but I could do a ramp test, at least to see how close that is to what Zwift calculates in the group ride. And I'd be pleased as punch if it just ends up where the calculations from the group ride are really all you need to work with for the majority of us. We're at 14.4 miles, 58 minutes and 15 seconds into this. 14 and a half. Pretty darn close to done with this one. Anybody that made it all the way through this video earns an attaboy or an attagirl or... Or maybe not. No, thank you for for staying on this long. I'm assuming if you stuck around this long, you do have some questions or thoughts. Please do share them. You're not going to hurt my feelings if, even if you completely disagree with where I'm coming from on some of this stuff. I want to hear what other people think about it. And I want to hear what works for other people, that maybe it's something new I can throw in the mix for myself. Like I said, I'm primarily trying to stay away from the mistakes I've made in the past. And this this sort of structure and format is going to help me accomplish that. Well, we're going to time this just about right. We're at 59 and a half minutes. Just got to 14.9 miles. Going 20 miles per hour at 122 heart rate. So we will hit 15 miles just before 60 minutes. There's 15 miles, 10 seconds to go. 
start soft pedaling and cooling down now. Thank you all for following along. And uh, I look forward to, to the feedback that you all share with us. This was actually kind of fun. That helped that 60 minutes go by quickly for me. We'll chat again soon. Spin out.